Chapter Fifteen of the Combined Maze by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Fifteen. On that night, Ransom acquired a dreadful knowledge. Granville was not a place where you could be born with any decency. It seemed to participate horribly in Violet's agony, to throb with her tortures and recoils, to fill itself shuddering with her cries such cries as ransom had never heard or conceived that he would have believed impossible they were savage inhuman the cries and groans of some outraged animal there was menace in them and rebellion terror and an implacable resentment and as ransom heard them his heart was torn with pity and with remorse too as though violet's agony accused him he could not get rid of the idea that he had wronged her an idea that he somehow felt he would never have had if the baby had been born a month later he swore that she should never be put to this torture a second time that if god would only spare her he would never never quarrel with her never say an unkind word to her again he couldn't exactly recall any unkind words so he nourished his anguish on the thought of the words he had very nearly said also of the words he hadn't said and of the things he hadn't done for her casting about for these he found that he hadn't taken her to earl's court or the coliseum half as often as he might he had been wrapped up in himself that's what he had been a selfish low brute he felt that there was nothing he wouldn't do for vi if only god would spare her but god wouldn't he wasn't sparing her now god had proved that he was capable of anything it was incredible to ransom that violet should live through that night he wouldn't believe his mother and the doctor and the nurse when they told him that everything was as it should be he knew that they were lying they must be it wasn't possible that any woman would go through that and live all this ransom thought as he sat in the front parlor under the little creaking room he would sit there where he could hear every sound where it was almost as if he was by her bed and looking on and he wouldn't believe it was all over when at midnight they came and told him and when he saw violet lying in her mortal apathy and when he kissed her poor drawn face he couldn't believe that violet's face wouldn't look like that forever that it wouldn't keep forever its dreadful memory the resentment that smouldered still under its white apathy for there could be no doubt that that was violet's attitude resentment as of some wrong that had been done her he didn't wonder at it he resented the whole business himself it was a pity though that she didn't take more kindly to the baby seeing that after all the poor little thing was innocent it didn't know what it had done ranny would not have permitted himself this reflection but that a whole fortnight had passed and violet had not died ranny's fatherhood was perturbed by violet's indifference to the baby he spoke of it to the doctor and suggested weakness as a possible explanation weakness the doctor stared at him and smiled faintly what weakness i mean said ranny after all she's gone through the doctor put his hand on ranny's shoulder my dear boy if half the women went through as little and came out of it as well ranny flared up i like that you're trying to make out she didn't suffer tortures weren't in it how'd you like but the doctor shook his head we can't alter nature my dear boy but i'll tell you for your comfort in all my experience i've never known a woman have an easier time do you mean do you mean she'll get over it get over it she's got over it already she's as strong as a horse he turned from ranny with a swing of his coat-tails that but feebly expressed his decision and his impatience 
he paused before the closed doorway for a final word there's no earthly reason why she shouldn't nurse that baby what's that sir said ranny arrested she must nurse it it's better for her it's better for the child if i were her husband i'd insist on it insist if she tells you she can't do it don't believe her i say i didn't know there'd been any trouble of that sort that's all the trouble there's been the doctor said and he entered on a brief and popular exposition of the subject from which ranny gathered that violet was flying in the face of that providence that nature was superbly and exceptionally endowed and fitted for her end violet had refused the task of nursing mother why the doctor shrugged his shoulders implying that anything so abstruse as young mrs ransome's reasons was beyond him he left ranny struggling with the question if it isn't weakness what is it for violet persisted in her strange refusal in spite of ranny's remonstrances his entreaties his appeals it's been trouble enough she said without that she was sitting up in her chair before the bedroom fire they were alone the nurse was downstairs at her supper the baby lay between them in its cradle wrapped in a white shawl ranny was watching it i should have thought he said at last you couldn't have borne to let the little thing but she cut that short little thing it's all very well for you you haven't been through what i have if you had perhaps you'd feel as i do the baby stirred in its shawl its eyes were still shut but its lips began to curl open with a queer waving writhing movement what does it mean said ranny when it makes that funny face how should i know said violet little sounds utterly helpless and inarticulate came now from the cradle what nice noises it makes said ranny he was stooping by the cradle touching the baby's soft cheek with his finger look at it he said but violet would not look the baby's face puckered and grew red its body writhed and stiffened it broke into a cry that frightened him oh lord said ranny you think i've heard it hadn't you better take it up or something but violet did not take it up he looked at her in astonishment she looked at him and her face was sullen the baby screamed high ranny put his arm under the small warm thing and lifted it up out of its cradle he had some idea of laying it on its mother's lap the baby stopped screaming ranny held it with the nape of its absurdly loose and heavy head supported on his left wrist and its little soft hips pressed into the hollow of his right hand and as he held it he was troubled with a compassion and a tenderness unlike anything he had ever known before for the baby's helplessness was unlike anything he had ever known and its innocence why its hand its incredibly tiny hand had found his breast and was moving there for all the world as if he had been its mother and to ranny's amazement with the touch a queer little pricking pang went through his breast as if a thin little blood vessel had suddenly burst there do you see that vi its little hand what a rum thing a baby is but even that didn't move violet or turn her from her purpose though she smiled from that moment ranny's paternal instinct raised its head again it had been crushed for the time being in his revolt against violet's sufferings but now it was indescribable the feeling he had for his little daughter dorothy violet since they had to call the baby something had called it dorothy meanwhile he hid his feeling he maintained a perverse a dubious a critical silence while his mother and his mother-in-law and his aunt randall and the nurse overflowed in praise which if the baby had understood them must have turned its head 
ranny was reassured when the other women were about him because then violet did show signs of caring for the baby if only to keep them in their places and remind them that it was her property and not theirs she would take it out of their arms and smooth its hair and its clothes and kiss it significantly scowling sullen sweet as if their embraces had rumpled it and done it harm for as long as the nurse was there to look after it the baby's adorable person was kept in a daintiness and sweetness so exquisite that it was no wonder if ranny's mother in her transports called it little rose and honey-pot and fairy flower when all that ranny said was it's a mercy it's got hair End of chapter 15 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine